0: The very marvelous and unglamorous practice of mindfulness of breathing. So I invite you to hear, hear with as much of you as is available head, body. Right? Don't forget this comes in the first foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of body. Right? It's part of the whole exploration of knowing body as body is to ha- uh, know mindfulness of breathing. And with your heart, with your uh, responses to what is spoken. So that hopefully my intention is the talk is both instructional and but also guided, sometimes just the words of the Buddha, and I'll read a little bit, can be like a transmission that we get, can sometimes tune in directly to what he's pointing to. So I'll start with the very beginning, because that's where most of you are today, right? Some of you have been here longer. And the beginning of the Satipatthana Sutta, the Foundations of Mindfulness Sutta. So this is the invitation from the Buddha, we could say. From all Buddhas, from awakened ones pointing the way to understanding and releasing the heart-mind. I'll I'll just read a little bit. On one occasion, the Blessed One was living in the Kuru country at a town of the Kurus named Sadama. There he addressed the monks. Monks, Venerable Sir, they replied, and the Buddha said this. This is a direct path, the path for purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, for the attainment of a true way, for the realization of Nibbana, namely the four foundations of mindfulness. What are the four? Here, bhikkhus, a bhikkhu abides contemplating body as body, ardent, fully aware, and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. She abides contemplating feelings as feelings, ardent, fully aware. She abides contemplating mind as mind, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. He abides contemplating mind objects as mind objects, ardent, fully aware and mindful. And how does one abide contemplating body as body? Here, and now it's pointing to you, you're the bhikkhu in this case. Here, someone gone to a forest or the root of a tree or to an empty hut, sits down, having folded her legs crosswise, sets his body erect and establishes mindfulness in front of him. Ever mindful she breathes in, mindful she breathes out. Breathing in long, he understands, I breathe in long Breathing in short, she understands, I breathe in short Breathing out long, she understands, I breathe out long Breathing out short, she understands, I breathe out short And it goes on I shall breathe in experiencing the whole body of the breath And he trains thus I shall, exp- I shall breathe out experiencing the whole body of the breath. I shall breathe in, tranquilizing the body. He trains thus, I shall breathe out, tranquilizing the body. Just as a skilled turner or his apprentice, when making a long turn, understands I make a long turn, or when making a short turn, understands I make a short turn, so too breathing in long a bhikkhu understands etc etc and it goes on and on and develops that incredibly basic basic human function into as you know both a basis for samadhi a basis for grounding firming here-ness, presence which is the basis for exploration investigation of the aggregates of our experience so we have humble origins don't we (laughs) we have very humble origins the breath so let's look a little bit about how you may skillfully attend in this beginning part of your retreat and perhaps all the way through and certainly as a life skill Right? It's always with us. This primary regulating system of breathing. Right now, let yourself tune in and sense your body is breathing. We can't help it. It regulates our emotional life if we let it. It can support and regulate our physical life if we let it. And thereby in so doing our mental life comes to rest more and more in this here and now stream of body breathing. So let's not overlook these humble origins which probably we wouldn't have thought of as too humble when we were born, right? It's or anyone witnessing that's quite amazing when a little being starts to breathe having been enclosed in the mother coming into the world where we appear separate and that whole system starts to get going how would it be if you treated your body breathing today and following with that kind of awe and respect and amazement really but it keeps going at all, (laughs) but it keeps being propped up, this life, by this mysterious breath. So as you can see in the sutta, the Buddha is pointing at knowing breath as it is. He's not saying fiddle about with it, manipulate it. We're coming to know things as they are. This isn't Um, a breathing practice where we're trying to make an experience happen. So we respect the breath, whatever it's like. Having said that, there are skillful means that we can employ to help a kind of reconditioning. And I'll say a little bit more. Because largely, and I'm going to speak a lot more about avoiding, controlling and doing, the way we can come to our meditation with a real doing. (sighs) I've got to do my body, do my breath, do my mind, do my awakening. And I want us to really understand the organic intelligence of how we can back off from that. That said, as a little short introduction... Yes, we don't want to control, but there can be sometimes skillful application of technique, skillful application of mind to help us get here, actually. As you will know, whether you've cognized it consciously or not, the mind and the breathing are in direct relationship with each other. The condition of your mind affects how your body breathes, doesn't it? You know, if you're agitated, you're very unlikely to have this kind of... "Ah." It's very obvious when we think about it. If you're agitated, it's going to be short, sharp, jerky, jumpy, uh, limited, small. When the mind is expansive and loving, the breath is usually deeper, wider, smoother calmer, more pleasant. The breath, the breathing is often being controlled when we're not trained or when we haven't trained our mind. It's often being controlled anyway by mental factors. Often unhelpful mental factors, right, that might be spinning around. The restlessness, which is a marker of samsara, the restless, agitated soul, we could say, that wants to get something done, have something more stimulating, get the insight, do the thing. Mental factors are influencing our breath all the time. So in the beginning of practice, it can be skillful to apply our mind a little bit, to come out from the unskillful programming of the unwholesome mental factors. Do you want, really the question is, do you want your breathing in the beginning to be controlled by restlessness or agitation or dullness or by an applied mindfulness? And it's true that if I look at the bigger picture and over the days and weeks we'll see this together, mindfulness can refine into something that is unconstructed, unfabricated. And in the beginning, sometimes holding that application to come out of the unskillful programming will conserve us. So what do I mean by this? It's, for, it's different than control. It's different than trying to make something happen. But we can apply the mind to let the out-breathing be the same length. as the in-breathing. with a very gentle intentionality. We can intend to notice the pause at the end of the out-breath. We can even lengthen that pause. You might want to just try it out if you've never done it. The out-breath drops back. And there's a pause, it kind of disappears into nothing we could say at first look. Hang out there for a bit. It's not coercive or rough, but we're helping regulate the system, the nervous system, the emotional system. That the way you breathe in isn't a hungry breath, you know, when we kind of... We're kind of gasping or hungry or trying to make it happen. Let it be steady. Let it be calm. Mm-hmm. Let the center be low in your body. So we come down to earth. The way we could talk about this in the, on the Dharma map is that we're employing a skillful program to come out of unskillful programming, sankara, in order to support freedom, which is the end of being governed by programs at all. all right, so we're employing a skillful program in this case. Okay, I'm just going to apply my mind to hang out with the pause at the end of the out-breath. Ah, can I let the in-breath be the same length as the out-breathing? can I sometimes a very soft mental note of counting three part breaths? so I count soft, soft, soft note of beginning as the breath comes in. Number two is the peak where the breath has reached its peak of in-breathness and very gently staying with three as the breath leaves the body and drops us back to earth. So simple things like this, waiting for your breath, wait for it. Simple concepts to help us come into relationship with it that is going to lead onward. So in this way we stretch and lengthen the attention. The attention isn't so jumpy, because this is what we're really training, is the attention. right? The attention isn't so jumping around all over the place. And when, and wh- however long that is, in a particular sitting or after some days, that it feels complete and whole. Whole enough. Whole enough. There's a naturalness to it. We can let go then of the formal application, where we have to make a little effort. We can let go of that formal application. There's a naturalness to it, the breathing. Breathing. It is complete. And in a sense, we've shaken off these uh, obstructions, these circumstantial obstructions. So I want to let go of the realm of control and application and uh, look a little bit at body and body breathing because it is our body that breathes. Let's see if I want to go there first or pick up. Actually, I think I'll go here instead. I imagine some of you are just on your first morning here just settling in after your first night at guy house which may have been had more or less sleep in it more or less interruption in it and just before i carry on a little bit with the breathing i just want to invite you to check in tune in with your intention tune in and remind yourself of your intention for being on this retreat that will be something that you will want to do again and again and again right in this in the midst of the days, weeks, and months that you' a uh, month that you're here, because what I was going to start to speak about, which very often we notice, and I'm sure you know, to, know from your uh, earlier uh, retreat experience. But the breathing, the coming to meditation and using mindfulness of breathing can very often pick up our tendency to want to try to make something happen. Right? We want to try and get the concentration. We want to try and get the samadhi. We want to come to that place of stillness that we've touched before or heard about or read about or expansion or absorption, whatever it might be. And I want to speak a little bit about the middle way, watching the attitude of mind that comes to the practice of mindfulness of breathing. Now, I'm aware on the first day of the retreat, it's more likely to be the sleepy state of mind, right, than the kind of pushing, hasty, urgent, get me there state of mind. Sleepiness can be there for many of us on this first morning. So if that's the case, please open your eyes. Um, Use more in-breath, right? With the dulling mind, if we tune to the breathing-in quality, it brightens the mind. It is by nature invigorating, brightening, enlivening, um, stimulating. It's more stimulating than the out-breath. So on these first few days, if you notice a lot of sleepiness, do more standing, do more walking, let the brightening aspect happen. Right? And then, if you see that tendency that comes in the meditation of wanting to make something happen, the hasty, agitated, like I've got to make the most of this in an overbearing way, I want to get on with it, even right now. It's like, oh, we should stop. I want to get on with it, right? Any of you have those tendencies? Seeking intensity, seeking stimulation, even in my meditation practice, this is not going to lead to more peace and realization. This will lead to more tightness, Uh, self-enclosure it will lead to, and lack of receptivity. We want to look at the polarity which most of us travel between between being over-energized, where we're restless, stimulated and wanting to make something happen, and under-energized, where we kind of drift back, fall away. kind of feels a little bit peaceful, but it's lost the crispness, precision, and it is a little sloppy. Right. Now we don't need to judge ourselves, Ho- hopefully you can see when the inner judge comes, the spiritual judge of beating ourselves, absolutely not, and hopefully we'll talk, one of us will talk about that, that's not the point. It's a, it's a kind of a marvellous um, sampling and checking, oh wow, right now I'm just pushing, hasty, urgent, agitated, trying to make something happen because I feel like nothing will unless I do it. That's how the worldly mind works. Things only happen when I do them. <coughs> and we sample and taste and feel what it's like when we've dropped away. <coughs> we've lost the vividness. We've tuned out of our life, actually. We've tuned out of our life here and now with the body breathing. And it dulls, it may be rather less disturbing. But we've lost that raw, awake, vulnerable, a uh, pristine, uh, bright presence. So come into waiting for the breathing, tuning into the receptivity. Sometimes I find using a question really skillful, like Do you know what it's like when, this isn't the question, do you know what it's like when you're really working at mindfulness of breathing and you've got your agenda and you're working really hard but you've kind of lost touch with the immediacy of what's actually here? Using this question, what lets me know that I'm breathing right now? Can you see how that invites you to listen? What lets you know you you're breathing right now? Can you see the attitude of mind is very different? It's humble. It's respectful. It's letting our immediate experience become our teacher. It's less... Uh, driven, but it's also precise and here, gentle. What lets you know that you're breathing right now? What are the markers? What are the signs? What is the information that you're getting directly in your body? Listen to the rhythm of your breath. Right? In the tradition, we might hear it formally as the rising and falling of the breathing. Yes, the breath rises and falls, but let it become very intimate. What is the rhythm right now for you? The tide, this extraordinary tide of breathing life that animates us from the moment we're born and finishes at the moment we die, what is that right now? That rhythm, the rhythm of the incoming, the swelling, the pulsating, the enlivening, the swelling of the body and the subsiding. The tide goes out, drops away. Will you follow it? Will you humbly, respectfully bow before it and let it show you and take you into the mysteries. When we let ourselves tune in to the mindfulness of breathing in this way, this becomes a practice of attuning our attention. We attune it to what is actually here. And what is actually here is always our doorway to whatever it is we want. Kindness, samadhi, liberation, anything actually. The doorway of what is actually here. We tune our instrument of our attention to listen deeply. How is my body breathing right now? And as we do so, our body starts to tune up like an instrument. More and more of our body comes into the field of attentiveness and presence. Ways that all of us probably have squeezed and pushed ourselves in order to get things done or survive or manage whatever it is we've done. We've often squeezed down on parts of our body, parts of our heart, and our organs, and as we breathe out, let ourself land back on earth like uh, the way snow settles, right? We wait for the new in-breath, as the new in-breath comes, a little bit more of us is picked up, a little bit more of our body, a little bit wider sense of my own presence is picked up and brought into the stream of breath. Places that have been exiled, pushed away, not able to be open to, just by the way that our mind has tightened, has gotten conditioned and that mental attitude has tuned our breath and we stay small and tight. right? Or we stay puffed up and aggressive, whatever is our posture. So again, not underestimating, if we learn to tune in, this body gets tuned literally like the ribs can come back to life. They can be part of the expression of our awakening. More and more of us, like an instrument when it's tuned, is available for playing, is available for the music, is available to be an instrument of service to ourself and the world. So again, not underestimating these humble, humble origins of how it is we come back into the stream of Dharma through this listening, attuned, attentiveness to this humble body, breathing in and out. couple of other points Um, two mental factors that are spoken about in the tradition excellent again the Buddha's precision is really helpful here talks about Vitaka and Vichara Vitaka is the aspect of we place our attention with the breath however it is we do that the sense of body breathing we bring our attention to bear on this object of body breathing That's Vitaka. Vichara is hanging in there with it, lingering, sampling the breath, staying with it, sustaining the attention, traditionally it's called. But don't make it too clinical. Applying our attention and sustaining it with the breath. Think of it like, one of my teachers says, like cooking soup. Right, You're cooking soup and you sample it, you taste it, you sense this breath. So what is it as I sample it? Is it warm? What's the texture of it like? Is it flavorful? Is it tight? Is it rigid? Is it agitated? Is it jumpy? Let me keep sampling. So the, the receptivity is not passive. You're not just kind of hanging back um, and being done to. The active element in the receptivity is this sampling, this sampling, this kind of co-participatory um, cooking <laughs> process in this particular metaphor of where literally we are being cooked, we are being uh, worked upon, as the old sense of who we are gets challenged again and again and again in our spiritual practice in the sampling you might notice that the body as it breathes there's sometimes a flushing through of energy right or we may notice that the uh, breath energy reaches certain parts of the body but not others oh that's interesting Like I'm breathing only in my torso. What about my head? Can I include my head in that? Oh, yeah, look, the breath goes into my head and my fingers, and I can feel the pulsing and life in my fingers right now. So, again, it's not trying to make it happen, but we're participating with this intelligent, organic process of presencing ourselves. Samadhi is sometimes translated as presence. Or present thing because it's an ongoing process. There's a kind of firming, steadying, grounding um, here ness that comes more and more in attunement. More and more of us can be here and be in this round, rounded, vivid presence. So, just a little bit about body. Um, In the tradition, mindfulness of breathing is called, well, breathing, not whether we're mindfulness, mindful of it or not. It's another story. Breathing in and breathing out is referred to as kaya sankara, which is the conditioner of the body. Right? It's a little bit like I talked about the conditioner of the mind, but it's also the conditioner of the body. It's the kaya sankara. So, again, if we breathe in really... uh... Okay, I think I've already given that example. Let me put it another way. As you're settling into your body breathing and the mindfulness of it, see if you can let the body be formed by the mindful breathing in and out this body we think of as this sort of static thing and it's like this now and it's you know it's going in this direction and the body is constantly being formed by the breathing experience check it out it's a conditioner the breathing is a conditioner of the body can you from the inside again respectfully and with interest see what kind of body is being formed in this moment. Oh, so we let go of the idea of eyes and hair and feet and what's wrong with our body or what's right about our body. But what kind of body is being formed? As I make room for this breath energy to do its work, as I get out of the way of the harsh striving doing and stay really steady, attentive, curious. What kind of body is being formed right now? Wow, look at that. It's totally conditioned on the way the breath is allowed to be. Or the, oh, sorry, Our experience of it is, to, is conditioned in that way. What kind of shape from the inside? Again, it's the sampling. What kind of texture? Can I breathe right to the end of my fingertips? Is that where it goes? What's it like when the images of body drop away and there's the energetic of body breathing from the inside? What is actually here? And as we do so, again, looking for the signs that support the samadhi, the signs of the steadying. If we stick with this, with the vitaka vichara, with the placing our attention and lingering, steadying, sampling, fondling the breath, as we hang out with that, invariably, it's a conditioned process, we will become steady awake, uplifted, grounded, firm, a firmly established basis, which is pleasant in and of its own, right? It's beautiful and wholesome just by itself, and it is a platform for insight. When you tune into those signs of, again, it's different than, oh, have I got there yet? Or... In the metaphor or this little story one teacher gave of you know, you plant your carrot seeds and then you keep, as soon as there's a little green shoot, you keep pulling it up to see if your carrots are there. It's not this urgent, am I getting there? It's the sampling of recognizing the signs oh, yeah, look, there's ease here. Ease leads onward, S- stillness leads onward, expansion leads onward, um, softening and widening. Lead onward towards deeper presencing. So when you pick up those signs, they're wholesome, they're beneficial. It's different than grasping them. Let the wholesome, pleasant, beneficial signs be nourished, supported and followed. Follow the ease. Follow the expansion in any one breath. This is where the practice wants to take us, the more we can find the middle way of not interfering and not hiding away. And as we let the body fill with breath energy, it becomes upright. You don't have to struggle to do that it's sort of propped up by this animating life force the inner cavity of the body right under your ribs where your organs are the inner cavity can become more open and relaxed a bit more room for the space in the body to be felt and seen There is both a therapeutic and liberating aspect of this mindfulness of breathing. The therapeutic aspect of starting to become more whole, including the parts, as I mentioned, bodily that have been out of your field of attention, right? Like the back of your head or the forehead or your ribs or your fingers, we don't tend to inhabit the whole of ourselves, right? We become more whole in the sense it is healing and therapeutic and also in the sense of the emotional regulation where we get jumpy, aroused in an unhelpful way, charged up. Some of us will probably all of us to some extent will have old residues of those places where we do not yet trust or know for ourselves that these places where we hold ourselves tightly can start to fall back into the stream of dharma. The places where I hold myself tightly when we let the thread of the breath catch them We breathe through those places of holding tightly. Again, that gets caught into this flow and context that is much bigger than the tight place of my terror, my loneliness, my anger. It falls back with the breath and slowly learns that it can be held. It's like we start to do the emotional regulation for ourselves that maybe hasn't been there for us, right? There's and in that sense, it's therapeutic. There's a story of a um, a, a, a trial done with um, it's very tender and sad actually, but it's the first day of retreat, so I think you can take it. But of uh, incubated newborns, babies, and uh, They did a test of checking out the health and well-being and progress of these babies. And they put next to some of the babies, just mechanical, imagine this, it's not even soulful, but mechanical furry teddies that had a breathing in and out uh, function, right? So the, the little teddy would swell and the little teddy would subside right next to the baby, and these babies did better. We may have been such a baby ourselves, but there's healing in this practice. We can start to be the one who supports, who is that function who (laughs) essentially is like the teddy, the, the breathing teddy for those places in us that still feel like the wor- like they're separate basically. They still feel separate from the world of holding, of regulation. That there's a place here for us that is benevolent, even if it hasn't always felt that way. So again, not underestimating these humble origins, the healing potential and as the healing then, of course, is directly related to the liberation, in the sense that as we become more whole, include more and more of ourselves, there's more and more basis that our insight can be made real, can be embodied, can be lived, can penetrate more and more wholly, and therefore be more and more available and... Uh, make a difference, actually, for our insight to make a difference for us in the world, however we want to conceive it, whether our practice is dedicated to all beings or just my own survival, however we dedicate our practice, it will be more efficacious for more and more of us that is available in this process of holding and healing and for that insight to penetrate through the cells and beyond so let's um, breathe together for a few minutes breath as soothing that which needs soothing in-breathing enlivening, brightening expanding, swelling out-breathing soothing, tending towards release and stillness can you hang in there with yourself as you go through various hindrances that may arise keep coming back to your topic this extraordinary, humble and awesome origin of human body breathing out and human body breathing in. A taste for the doorway that is not overstimulated nor collapsed, that leads onward. intelligently Kind of body is being formed right now through your breathing. Applying the attention and sampling, lingering, sustaining the attention. I wish you a good few days practice till I come again and that you enjoy even though it's not always enjoyable in the beginning but, right, but see where there is something so, such a gift to train the mind in this way it will be for your benefit and well-being